We're going to go to Romans 12, uh, verse 1. This is from the message paraphrase that I'm going to read this from. This is what it says. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word to us. God, we, Lord, we, we just thank you for this season. We thank you for this morning that we can give you um, our ears and uh, give them fully to you this morning. Speak to us. May we be different as a result of being here this morning. Your name we pray. Amen. You can turn my voice down just a little bit. Thank you. So over the holidays this past week, uh, we were doing the holiday thing at the shop house and we were at home like uh, maybe a lot of our parties uh, here today and you know just taking some time off the kids are home from school and one day I don't know what hit me but I decided to clean out our pantry and I, I don't know how that works at your house but in our house um, with five kids uh, spaces in our house tend to get unorganized really quickly and um, even when Deanna and I are trying really really hard right but I, I just looked at it this week and I thought this thing needs some help like right now. <laughs> and I, I had actually cleaned out the fridge the week before. And so I guess it was just time. I, I'm a bit compulsive. And so I, I went through and I was cleaning out um, shelf, one shelf at a time, wiping down all the crumbs, uh, you know, and, and the residue with the broom and sanitary wipes as they tend to collect. And, and it just turned into a good thing because I don't know about you, but I always feel better when things are tidy. Anybody else with me on that? Yeah. And, and, and so even if you, you only get around to doing that thing, you know, that project every few years. And so, you know, some of you are like, you know, don't talk about the pantry. I don't, I don't want to think about I don't want to think about that right now. I try to keep those doors closed, <laughs> right? And so we have canned goods in our pantry, like a lot of us. And in our house, you know, based on your diet, you have a, a certain palette of canned goods. And typically for us, you know, we've got some canned veggies in there. We've, and we've got a lot of soup in there. And we don't necessarily eat a lot of canned soup, but we have a lot because I don't know, I think uh, everybody has soup. I don't know, just in the event that there's some sort of cosmic event and you need to go down and live in the basement, I don't, you have to have something to eat, right? Or, or if you're not feeling well, uh, you, so you wanna have a can of soup. So we typically have you know, some chicken noodle soup and, and some clam chowder and a few other varieties um, at our house. And so I'm looking through the soups and it all looks good, it looks fine, but one part of cleaning out the pantries is checking the dates on stuff, right? And so you, you, you'd think a can of soup, you'd think some things, you know, it's, it's been pasteurized, you know, it's gonna be okay. Uh, but I thought, you know, maybe I should just look and see if, if that's the case or not. So I started turning the cans over and lo and behold, soup has an expiration date, just like about everything else. Jello has an expiration date, I found out this week. Um, and, you know, just for your information, some of you might want to check on your cans of soup when you get home. So I'm pulling, I'm pulling all of the soup out, and I start looking at the bottom of these cans. And it was a mixed bag. Most, most of, uh, of the cans were, were good. Um, but I, but I had a, a lot of cans that were, you know, had, had expired within a year or two that I, you know, it's this whole soup history thing I had going on. No kidding. So I had, I had one can of chicken noodle soup 
I'm a little embarrassed to say it, that expired April the 10th, 2012. <laughs> and here's what that means. Here's what that means. That can has lived in seven different pantries, <laughs> in seven different houses, and seven different addresses, and it's, it's still in the pantry somehow. So in the trash it goes, you know, with a few others, unfortunately. And so that were past their expiration date. And you know, I mean, some of you will eat stuff that's like a month past the expiration date or maybe a year, depending on how tough you are, right? I'll, I'll give it to Lyle. <laughs> we'll try it. But 2012, I don't know, we're not eating that. So that goes in the trash can. And I'm, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, you know, these wonderful people, they made the soup and they went to these great lengths to put good quality into their product and they, they can it and they seal it and they labeled it well and they get it to the store somewhere near my house, wherever I was living at that time and where we bought it and you know, just under a decade ago <laughs> and we brought it home. But now it's just a waste in the trash can, right? Never having been opened, never having been used. It may have brought some cheer on a gloomy day or perked you know, somebody up who had a nasty cold, but now it's just going to the bin and out to the street and out to the dumpster and out to the trash yard outside of town where I assume it's probably residing right now. And never having reached the potential that that chicken noodle soup was de designed for. And so here's what's amazing about that. And here's what I want to think about as we start this new year and this new series. All of our lives have an expiration date on them. <laughs> and so just like the meat in the refrigerator right now, just like the fruit in the bowl that's on the counter, just like the cake that you made to celebrate a birthday last week, all of us have an expiration date. So that's why it's important for us in, in these first few weeks of, of 2022 together, we're gonna embrace the idea that we are perishable goods. We are created by God with an opportunity on earth, but to maximize that opportunity versus wasting an opportunity means making some adjustments in the way that we think about our lives. And that's why I thought, man, there's no better way to open up this series than to let John Piper do it for himself. Have you, has anybody ever heard that message that was in the trailer before? Um, maybe you, you, you didn't hear it. So next, next, next uh, time of that play is I want you to really, really listen in. This is, we, we've st I've stolen his title, Don't Waste Your Life, from his 2003 book of the same name. And if you want a good read for the new year, um, this is a simple John Piper read. If you've ever read him before, it's a primer, if you will, because of a lot of his books are like reading an instruction manual on how to build an international space station. Um, so this one comes a lot more accessible for most of us. Um, but this book is inspired by a message that Dr. Piper gave um, at a Passion One Day event in a Texas field in the May of 2003. This is him. He was giving it 21 years ago, and it was at a very significant moment in the history of Passion, if you're familiar with Passion. 40,000 students were gathered in the field that day where it was rainy and they were somewhat ill-prepared for the enormous-sized crowd. Um, God moved a generation 
In fact, if you mentioned the seashell talk to somebody, a believer about my age, many of us were inspired by it. Some are saying it was the, it was the sermon of a generation that inspired and moved a generation. And many of us will know it. I read an article last week calling it formative for our generation. And many of us will know it. I read an article this week um, just explaining the impact and the kind of the, the history kind of coming from this moment. And all he was trying to say is what we're trying to say today, that we have a brief opportunity on earth and we must make the most of it. And so there are two key scriptures today. Ephesians chapter five is where we're gonna go for the first part in 1 Corinthians chapter six. And I wanna look at this text first in Ephesians because it really helps us to kind of zero in on the opportunity that we have. Now, both of these texts are gonna be kind of be bookmarks to a beautiful idea today, but well, I just wanna begin with this one. Ephesians is a letter to the believers and it opens up with their new position in Christ. We did a whole series on this, this, this book called Worthy back in 2018, which basically opened up the, the whole letter of Ephesians to us. And, and first, if you remember, it tells us who we are in our new relationship with Christ. And then Ephesians moves on to help us see how to live in that new relationship with Christ and how to actually walk that out. So it's, it's not enough just to say, I'm a can of soup by the grace of God, <laughs> right? It, I, I wanna be able to say that I've reached my full potential and have done what it is that I was created in Jesus to do. And so at the end of Ephesians, um, it gets very specific so that we move away from all the church talk, if you wanna call that, which is important. Um, it, it moves away from that, but then it gets down into this practicality of what it would look like to be a new creation in Jesus or a son and daughter in Christ with this whole new possibility because of him. What would that look like in practical terms? And so when we get to chapter five, it gets really specific. No longer it is about being heirs and uh, about being holy ones and about being righteous. It's now getting down to how we walk out our lives. And this chapter opens with a beautiful invitation of grace. One of my favorite verses, I love this. It says, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love, walk around in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. That opening phrase, is an incredible invitation to you and me and one of my favorite verses to preach on. I love it. Be imitators of God. How do you imitate God? As dearly loved children. It's because of who you are, not because of anything that you've done. You, you, are, you imitate God by being one of his sons and daughters. And so as we think in these first few weeks of the new year about not wasting the opportunity that God has given to us, we're thinking about it in terms of being children his children, having this incredible gift of God and wanting to imitate the father. And so he begins in chapter five to roll out what imitating him looks like in our day. So if you wanna know what it looks like to imitate God in uh, Rapid City, South Dakota in real time, that's Ephesians chapter five. That's what we're going into. And so as we come to the end of this first section, this is what we read. We read this in verse 15. It says, look carefully then how you walk not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And then he gives us a parallel to, to maybe help us see in the real world what that looks like. And so he adds, do not get drunk with wine. 
for that is debauchery, okay? Another word in the text there in other translations is dissipation. Another word we could use there is waste. So don't get drunk, he says. For one thing, I want you to make sure that, you know, you use the most of your time because the days are evil. Don't be foolish, but understand what God's will is. And let me give you a picture of that. Don't get drunk. Why? Because that's a waste of your opportunity of life. And so if anybody wants to get into a conversation of, well, you know, can I have a glass of wine? Or what if, what if I had a glass of champagne at a reception? Or, you know, I was at a barbecue and I, I want a beer. Can you do that? And can you follow Christ? Well, you can find a lot of ways to kind of, you know, put skin to that scripture. But here's one thing that's absolutely clear when we read it. Don't get drunk. So if you're drunk, you're out of God's will. End of story. Why? Because when you're drunk, you can do a lot of crazy things, right? And so, in fact, maybe you've done some crazy things when you were drunk. Drunken people tend to do that, right? But the one thing that you can't do when you're drunk is glorify God. And so whatever time you're drunk, you're not glorifying him. And if you're not glorifying God, whatever that time was, was wasted time. You see that? And so... That's the parallel that he uses for life. So he puts it in some terms that we can all get our heads around today. He says, you've been given something called life. It, it has an expiration date on it. You have an expiration date. And there's a moment coming, a day in time, it's written already in God's economy that your life on earth comes to an end. You have a moment to live and a moment already predetermined to die. Make the most of your moment. And a moment, you know, some, some people call it the dash. You ever heard that before? It's the, the little symbol between the year and the date that you were born and the year and the date that you're going to die. And they, they'll say, what are you going to make of the dash? What are you going to make of that? And so the author says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled by the Spirit. So you are a perishable good, make the most of every opportunity. And so over the next few weeks, we'd like to break this down into some areas of life that we have the tendency to waste. And today we're gonna to begin with this big idea, don't waste your health. Jim should be preaching this week too. So life's, life's a big concept. And it's hard to put your hands around life when I say, God, I'm gonna give you my life. That's a good sentiment. And what do we mean by it? But life, life is a big thing, right? Even in a new year, it's a big thing to say, 2022 is gonna be my year. Uh, well, you, you know that sounded pretty good on January 2022, but man, it was a tough year. 21 was a tough year for a lot of people, but no matter what the year, for a lot of us, once you get down to, I don't know, for some of us, we might get down all the way to October 10th. Most of us, most of what we were kind of thinking in January has kind of faded away by that time. Why? Because a, a year is kind of a big thing to wrap your arms around, isn't it? <laughs> but a day, today, is an opportunity that we have to recalibrate the direction that we're going in and just to make sure that we end up in an extraordinary destination because that, that's what God wants for us. That's what he has for us. And today I'd like to just talk about this idea that it's possible that we could waste this opportunity of this thing that God's given us called health. 
And for us to hear today, God encouraging us, don't waste your health. And so I read recently that, I, I want you to listen to this. I read recently that in the United States, 40 to 50% of all healthcare costs, think about this, 40 to 50% of all healthcare costs are lifestyle related. So whatever happens with the, you know, the Affordable Health Care Act and however all that's going to navigate, put this on the headline. 40% of the billions of dollars that are spent every year on drugs, doctor visits, procedures, surgeries, care, rehabilitation, they are not related to non-controllable illnesses. They are related to the decisions that we make in our lifestyle. Just think about that. <laughs> you know, how, how many days are we losing by lifestyle choices and how much money is the nation losing by our lifestyle choices? What, what, what could we as a nation do with 40% of the budget spent on healthcare costs this year to lift up the people of this nation and actually people around the world? I mean, that's a lot of money. You say, well, I don't know how we could do that. Well, maybe we can do that by starting to not waste our health. The stakes are, are high on a global level, but they're high on a personal level too. And I am preaching to myself. I had a lot of challenges this year and I, I, I gained some significant weight this year. Um, it's, it's really fun sometimes to be up here and on the stage every weekend. <laughs> so I'm just gonna, for the rest of the time up here, I'm gonna just suck in the air <laughs> and see if I can hold it. So I'm, st I'm starting with this message in the series today because I just get one life. I get one life and how I use it and what I do with it is reality in my hands that I can decide today. And it's in your hands too. Now, God knows the day that we're all gonna end our life, you know, via circumstances health-wise that a lot of us cannot control. Um, we're not in complete control of how many days we live on planet Earth, but we are very much in control of the decisions that we make every day to either preserve or waste our health. And it might possibly be the greatest gift apart from Christ that God has given to each one of us. So don't be foolish, the scripture says, but understand, Paul said, what the will of the Lord is. In other words, don't get drunk with this amazing thing called health. Don't waste your life. Don't waste it, but calibrate today, even if it's just a little adjustment because they make some big changes in our life that will help lead you to a different and hopefully an extraordinary destination. So I wanna talk about a few big ideas that are gonna help us make these um, directional changes in our lives. Um, so if there's anybody in the building, and I'm not gonna ask for a show of hands or a verbal response because I really don't wanna get into that, but is anybody in the building already thinking of that you wanna get healthier this year? Think about that. Is it, is it, it's kind of even a cultural thing that we kind of do around this type of year, right? If, if you're younger, you know, you, maybe you're not thinking that way yet. You know, I'm fine. I'm going to live as, as long as I want to and do whatever I want to and eat whatever I want to eat. Yeah, I was there at one time. <laughs> I was there. And that's great. But just wait until you get to my stage of life. <laughs> and then your body will start talking back to you. And, and, and at some point, it's going to tell you it's not going to work out exactly the way that you thought it was going to work out. But if you want to get healthier this year, tune in. And, and this is a personal message for me. I'll just keep on saying that. I want this for me. So if you want to get 
in on that direction, you've got to make some incremental changes. We've got to. But it starts with a few big ideas. So um, these are on your notes if you're taking them this morning. And it says the first one is right here, that we would commit to steward well the life that God has given us. That you and I would commit today that I want to make whatever necessary incremental directional shifts to steward well the gift of life that God has given me. That's what we see in the text that we're looking at today in 1 Corinthians 6. We see it uh, in a different way. It's said a different way. And this text also has a very practical picture for us so that we're not left in the dark as to what the author means. He says in verse 18, flee from sexual immorality. Most of us, you know, we have a picture and an understanding of what that means. It means run away from sexual immorality. Like get in the car, lock the doors, put your foot on the gas and drive in the opposite direction with the windows up, right? And the sunroof closed while you have a friend on the phone saying, I'm driving out of here as fast as I can, right? And so there, this is a picture that we can all quickly understand. And then it continues and it says, every other sin a person commits is outside of the body, but the sexual, sexually immoral person sins against his own body. So if you want to waste your health, sexual immorality is a great option to do that is what it's saying. And then he amplifies the thought and says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So the connection is very clear, but you can also break that verse apart. And just as there's just as much truth in that last part, in that last verse. So glorify, or some translations say, honor God with your body. Why? Because you were bought with a price. That's what it says. You were bought with the price. That's how you're alive. So let's, let's take those two passages and kind of couple them together. Be imitators of God as dearly loved children. How did you become a child of God? By spiritual birth, right? What, what did you have to do for this spiritual birth? Really, nothing other than just receiving it by faith, right? You didn't produce the birth. You didn't somehow manufacture the birth. Uh, the birth was a gift, from God, a, a birthright from God in grace or by grace. So we're alive spiritually, sons and daughters in Jesus. We're free spiritually from sin and guilt and shame. So we're birthed by God and bought by God. And therefore our health is a stewardship from God. And we have to grab that as a big idea to start with. So see, a lot of people aren't rolling into the new year going, man, I, I really got to get healthier because you know what? I have an amazing, miraculous body on loan from God. God. <laughs> and I'm going to, as John Piper said so clearly, give an account to God for what I did with my life, but I'm also going to give account to him for what I did with my health. See, we think, you know, we're going to get to heaven and say, well, you know, I didn't do any of the big sins. And I just kind of, I just kind of wonder sometimes, you know, yeah, but you know, you didn't take care of this amazing thing that I gave you uh, with, with called health. And, and that's, that's why you're standing here today, cut short of your opportunity to impact the nations. And so we have a stewardship from God and we have to remember, and this is crazy that we're gonna stand before God and give an account for the fact that we've received a miracle heart, a miracle mind, a miracle lungs, miracle hands, miracle feet, miracle eyes, miracle ears, a miracle gift of health from God on this earth. 
every one of us is a walking miracle today. And so the second big idea is that we're just going to have to take seriously the approach to the steps that it will take to recalibrate to our destination. And so this isn't going to be, be like, I'm sorry, a milk and toast, like feel good message. At some point, somebody in the building, you know, the day has to say, I'm making a decision that the path that I'm on is unacceptable to me. And I'm, I'm going to alter course and I'm going to recalibrate my course and I'm going to get serious about whatever steps I'm going to have to take. And so I was thinking a few, few days ago about uh, Jesus and um, who, who was God, you know, the creator and came to earth in a human body, he set out to make himself known as a Messiah and then die on the cross. And then, and before he did all of that, the scripture tells us that he went out into the wilderness right? For 40 days and 40 nights. And he fasted alone with God. And I was just convicted of that as I was thinking about that. Because you hear about a lot of people starting off a new year with a fast or, or some kind of health change. There's even, you know, our tradition around here, you know, that the 20 day, 21 day fast that's coming up on the 10th. Some people are doing that. Um, some people are doing that, you know, I'm fasting social media fast. Or, but people are thinking, you know, how can I start this new year? And I know it's a big commitment. That's a big commitment to start a brand new year by, by fasting for 21 days. One that a lot of us struggle with, you know, if, if we're honest. And then I think of the son of God himself fasting for 40 days and 40 nights before he did the first thing on earth to fulfill his ministry purpose for which God had sent him. Jesus took so seriously the mission that God had given him on earth that he put his body under extraordinary pressure and his spirit to seek God and to seriously set the direction of his life. The scripture says in a different place that Jesus had set his face like stone towards Calvary. How do you get your face set like stone? Like you're going a direction and it's not changing. How do you, how do, you do that? I think probably for Jesus, 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness... <laughs> And then, and then the devil showing up on the last day will probably do that for you. He, it says that he returned from the wilderness, do you remember? In the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how he returned. He was filled up. And so Jesus is, is, is sort of showing me today, look, you, you can't sit back and, and just have another caramel macchiato, which is mostly about the caramel, honestly, right? For most of us. <laughs> because, you know... Can I say this? I don't need coffee. <laughs> Can I? Okay. I know that's a, that's a theological debate, but but how many of you would say? But I but I do like caramel macchiatos. I, I vanilla lattes. I like all that stuff. So just make sure you squirt a lot of whatever that is they put up on the bottom because you know I, I like that stuff. The for some of us the latte is irrelevant. Just give me the caramel. <laughs> You know, and if it was acceptable in America to go in and say, just squirt some of that caramel syrup in a cup and give it to me, we would do it. That's what some of us would order. And so the funny part of this is, is somebody is watching this message and they're drinking their caramel macchiato going, oh man, I like that stuff down at the bottom. That's, that's the best part. Once the layer is done, I'm kind of done. <laughs> you can't be sitting back. Here's the thing. Here's what I'm trying to say. You can't be sitting back with the extra large iced caramel latte 
for the fifth day this week going, man, I'm really going to make some health choices this year. (laughs) I'm going to journal. I've got my journal out, my pen, Lord. What would you like me to do this year to recalibrate for a more extraordinary destination. Speak to me, Lord, I'm listening. Your servant is here. You know, what would be some things that I could do, Lord, this year to maybe just adjust course a little bit? Order for Sean's shop, extra large caramel macchiato with extra caramel. (laughs) The Holy Spirit's like, I can't help you. (laughs) Why don't you get a book? (laughs) So here's, here's, there's a seriousness about it. We live in a social media culture and everybody's, you know, posting all the healthy things that you're dreaming about, you know, maybe cooking and actually eating someday or, or the exercise routine that you think looks doable. And that's great. And dreams are important, but action is more important than a Facebook or a Pinterest wall filled with all the greatest things. And at some point you have to take a step. <laughs> You have to decide that this is important and I'm gonna to have to pony up with a little bit of tenacity about this because my unredeemed flesh is not participating with my view of the stewardship that God has given me called life. And so I need to make a change. And you know, it's interesting This has been quoted a million times, but it was said so well by Pastor Ann Lee Stanley. Maybe some have heard this before. He said, direction, not intention, determines destination, right? You got to set your face. You're going a direction somewhere. You're going somewhere, and you know where that destination, the direction, not intention, determines destination. That'd, That'd be another great New Year's read, The Principle of the Path by Andy Stanley. There's Two easy access, simple, small books that you can read in a short period of time that will really enforce, reinforce what God is saying um, in this series. So we're not just going to sit back and go, well, I really want to be healthy, God. I really want to get in better shape. I really want to lose some weight. I really want to get my blood pressure down. I really want to sleep a little bit better at night. We're not just going to intend to have a better view of health. We're actually going to have to shift the direction of the things involved in our lives. Pilots will tell you that if you shift your direction by just one degree, you know, so you just, just one degree, so you're aiming at your destination kind of sort of, but you're, you're off target by, by one degree. For every mile that you fly, you'll go 92 feet off course. And so that's a problem, I think, with life. So for me, if I go, you know, one degree off and leave my house and I drive to the kid's school, um, you know, I'll probably still hit the parking lot. I'm going to still be in the vicinity because I I live close to my kid's school. If I go to the airport from my house and I'm off course by one degree, I might be, you know, a a third of a mile off from the airport. I'll probably be able to see the planes landing and, and know how to get there from where I'm at. But if I fly from here to Los Angeles, I've got a longer scope and view. I've got a longer trap, uh, trip that I'm on and I'm off by one degree, I'm going to be off hundreds of miles by the time I get to that place. And, and, you know, I'm just guessing most of us in the room are probably off by at least one degree, but some of us we're, we're off like 55 degrees. And so if you are, you'll be 
just hundreds of miles from where you wanted to go when you start looking around. And it's just a little bit, a shift of direction, maybe one degree to get where you wanted to go when you start making that shift. So this is the next blank. The next thing, if you're taking notes, we have to take the shift seriously. So I'm asking you today, here's the question. What recalibration can you make to start aiming you over time to determine your destination, even if it's just a little shift, because that, that makes a big difference the, the, the further you go, right? Are you willing to do that? Even if it's just a little one. And so the third big idea has some real power in it, but, but it's kind of a, like a sleeper power, so just hang in there for a minute and we'll, we'll try to dig it up for us. But you and I, here it is, have to connect our healthy choices to God's glory in and through our lives. So it's not just enough to say, I wanna get healthy this year, We've got to connect our health to God's glory in life. And so here's what I'm saying. It's not just, just God help me get healthier this year uh, for my sake. It's God help me get healthier this year for your sake. Help me get healthier this year for you, not just for what you can do to me, but what you can do through me. So I'm not just saying I'd like to feel better or I'd like to look better. I'd like to not have to suck in my gut, you know, when I, when I stand on the platform. I'm saying I'd like for you to actually be able to use me more on planet Earth, so I'm gonna start by getting healthier because I'm connecting now my health and my lifestyle choices with my, avail- my availability and usability in God's kingdom. What a powerful opportunity that is. And, and so to come back to Ephesians 5, We can put it this way. It says, do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery or that is dissipation, another translation says, or that's a waste. You know, dissipation means a waste. Do you know what happens when something dissipates? What happens? It it just kind of evaporates, right? It it squanders itself away. And, And that's what he's saying. Don't waste your life. And so in present day terms, (laughs) in present day terms we are in line with our hermeneutics that's the study of scripture when somebody says we got wasted after the game last night you can tell them that's very biblical right there (laughs) that that is very good biblical greek exegesis right there you did get wasted because what you did was you disconnected for a little while from your opportunity for God to use you. And we don't just get wasted on being drunk. We get wasted on a myriad of of other things in our lives. And when we do, we disconnect our purpose on earth from our opportunity in that moment to choose well what it is and how we want to set the direction of our lives. So what would it look like for you and me to not waste our health? So let's, let's just put the big idea up there. If we're gonna put it in one sentence this morning, you don't waste your health by making the necessary choices to extend your influence for Christ. I want you to think about that for a moment. Just give it a look. That's how you don't waste your health. You make the necessary changes that you have control over. Some of them you don't. You've got genetics, you've got hereditary things, stuff that you don't have control over, but whatever you do have control over, 
you make the necessary changes to extend your influence for Christ in this world. So what are you saying? You're saying, I wanna live longer so that I can reach more people. I wanna have more energy so I can actually be involved with what God wants me to do. I, I wanna spend less time chasing doctors as a result of my decisions and more time chasing after the kingdom of God. As a result of my decisions. Or maybe I do just, I, I, I wanna look better, I wanna feel better and I wanna, I wanna have a better attitude about life because that's being a light in this world and that's what we're called to be. We're called to be a light. And, and so people will ask you, man, you look good. You seem like you're in good shape. You, you look like you feel good. How do you do that? And then in that moment, you're able to say, I do that because I've given God control of my life because this is a gift from him. And, and I, want to, I want him to be able to use me to the fullest. And so that's a different narrative than even the narrative of a healthy lifestyle, which you'll hear that everywhere because the narrative of a healthy lifestyle is not even for the glory of God, right? It's about the glory of the cleanse, right? The, I, have you heard about this latest cleanse? I mean, it's been amazing. You drink cayenne pepper for nine months and it just clears you out. You lose weight. You feel great. You got to try it. I'll forward it to you. I've done it 10 times. <laughs> and now at the end of the day, the buzz is about the cleanse, Right? Uh, because, the buzz is about the diet. The buzz is about, well, we're all going to get healthy. And at the end of the day, there's this subtle trick of the enemy. All the glory went to this, you know, healthy lifestyle choice instead of saying, yeah, we did the cleanse. Why? Man, because we just want to be in a better position to live the kind of life that God wants us to live. That's just a, it's just a tiny shift. It's a tiny difference that is about the size of Mount Everest in terms of importance and meaning in our lives. Because the fuel that we need is just a bigger purpose. It needs to be bigger than just, well, I'm gonna look better or I'm gonna feel better and I can take a selfie now without feeling bad about myself or I, or I feel better about being seen without a shirt on or I don't have to suck in my stomach the entire time I'm out in public. The goal has to be bigger than that and the goal is to connect your health to the glory of him. And so how do you not waste your health by making the necessary choices to extend your influence for Christ? So then... You start breaking it down. Oh, glory. <laughs> you start breaking it down. You, you may need to lose weight. That's me. I was doing awesome at the beginning of 2021. Some of you might even remember I was up here January 2021, right before I went to, to surgery over in Washington. I had lost 20 pounds in just 30 days. Man, I was excited. And then a bunch of health and just kind of mental challenges hit me up. And so I, 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 I finally, after coming back, I finally um, kind of landed on a, a family practice doctor. And so this is probably where some of this... Uh, is coming from <laughs> this morning. I'm taking my angst out in this message. And, um, but check this out. Sometimes our doctors are more committed than we are to extending our influence for Christ. And I thank God for my doctor. He's new to me this year. Um, he's a believer. He's already asked me um, since I started going to him, am I annoying you? <laughs> 
And I, knew, I said, no, I think you're sent by the Spirit of God to me. <laughs> you're, you're a little annoying, but mostly sent by the Spirit of God. <laughs> and sometimes the Spirit of God can be annoying in a good way, right? And so he said, you've got to get your weight down. And I said, okay, so how much you know, would you like me to weigh? And because, you know, I will weigh that much the next time he sees me. If I have to wait, you know, and see him in 2025, that's fine. But, you know, <laughs> but I say, how much, how much, how much do you want me to weigh? Because I know how much I just weighed on that scale out in the hall, which is not accurate, by the way. <laughs> and that's a whole other thing about whether our healthcare places can get good scales or not, but... <laughs> because the healthcare system is broken in our country and it starts with the scales. <laughs> but they calibrated those things up so you're, you know, you're done before you even walk in the room. But they, they say, you know, you need to lose weight. It's because you turned the scale up 15 pounds before I walked in, right? But he said, I don't wanna give you a number because, but, but, but I don't wanna give you a number, but if you want one, here's, here's a number, here's a number, I'll give you one. If you can pinch, If you can pinch more than an inch of fat on your stomach, then you need to lose weight. Now, I can debate when I want to. <laughs> and, you know, so I said, is that sitting down or standing up? <laughs> I mean, because when I stand up and hold one hand and hang by a monkey bar, I mean, I can get about one inch in there, you know. <laughs> so I'm trying to be real, though. So that anybody here can go, okay, well, you know, I, I maybe lose a little weight. Well, Sean, how much? Well, according to my doctor who says he got it from one of the leading cardiologists in our country, you want to pinch less than an inch on your stomach. So don't do it right now to deflate you for the ending of the message. And I want you to hear it. So a few practical thoughts. You, you can write these down quick. Um, so number one, do you need to lose weight? How much, how much do you, do you need to do a week because you can't lose all that weight you know, at one time and how's that gonna work for you and in your schedule? This is, this is the beauty of, you know, we had several um, connect groups uh, over the last uh, few years you know, that were, were kind of, this was the focus. And so we need those kind of things. We need some support, right? When your doctor's being hard with you, <laughs> when the scales are all off. And, you know, so th this is the kind of thing we need community for. Do you need to lose weight? Well, if you don't know where to start, you need to talk to somebody who knows how to help you make kind of those, some adjustments, some course adjustments, right? Number two, secondly, maybe you need to exercise more. Maybe that's, that's what somebody's thinking. And so how much time a week, you know, do you want to exercise? What are you going to do? Are you going to, you know, put in your 10,000 steps a day? What are you going to do? And, and who knows about it? Maybe that's something that you need to think about. Number three, I need to see a doctor. Some of you are sitting here right now. I have put off seeing the doctor for the very reason that you just talked about. <laughs> the scales were all jacked up, right? <laughs> and I, so I don't want to hear what he has to say. I don't, I don't, I don't, I already know what he's going to tell me. And that's, that's why I'm not going to go there because I don't want to pay him to tell me that I'm not healthy. So when can you make the appointment that you've been putting off? And who can be in the loop? Who can know about it? Who can help you be in relationship with you and hold you accountable to that? Find someone who is persistent. Find a doctor who's persistent and we'll let you off the hook. <laughs> and number four, do you need better sleep? These are, these are just some things that, that came up for me. 
as I was kind of going through this journey myself, do, do I, I need to go to bed early? Do I need to go to bed? You know, that, that, uh, that could be a practical step for you to connect a choice to God's glory in life. You know, I, I need to, and then there's, I mean, there's so many other things that you could list this morning. I need to lower my blood pressure. I need to, you know, quit putting that fire at the end of my mouth. I need to limit my alcohol consumption. I need to be more intentional about what I eat and when I eat. I need to go to rehab. Uh, that's the only way that I'm going to get healthy. Which, you know, going into rehab isn't a million mile change. It's a step. It's a one degree step change, right? From saying no to saying yes. And you're like, well, I'd, I'd have to be off work and they might not want me to come back and I don't have the time to go to rehab and I can't afford it and I already did that one time and it didn't work and all the other reasons why. But I think maybe when you went the last time, it wasn't about stewarding well what God has entrusted to you. Maybe that wasn't the focus, that it might not have been about taking seriously your opportunity to shift your direction from, from, for an extraordinary eternal destination and an outcome. And it may not have been, it may not have been about you connecting your healthy choices uh, to God's ability to work through your life and, and get glory uh, through your life. Those are big changes going into rehab, right? And so if, if you can manage to process through them, it'll be a game changer. And then lastly, number four, this is big. Connect Holy Spirit power with lifestyle choices. You know, connect Holy Spirit power with your lifestyle. Two interesting things about these passages that we looked at. I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but if we, if we go back to them in Ephesians, it says, do not get drunk with wine for that is a waste, but be filled with the Spirit. So that's a connector to be careful how you live, not as wise, but wise, unwise, but wise, making the most of every opportunity. Don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The key to all of that, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then if you go over to 1 Corinthians 6, flee sexual immorality. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, honor God with your body. Your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, honor God with your body. There's a connection in both passages to the opportunity that we have to tap in to Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, to help us make lifestyle choices. So we're not just gritting our teeth and holding on for dear life and saying, man, I'm gonna make this work. No, we are realizing that the outcome of our lives is the product, not just of our willpower, but, but it's the product of God's Holy Spirit power for us as believers, as children of God. So even a little thing like, man, you know, I, maybe I just don't eat big meals after you know, X, Y, Z time at night. Maybe I need to start talking to Holy Spirit about that and accessing his help. Maybe he could talk to me when I start to grab that donut at 10 o'clock at night, right? And you know, to get out of bed and go walk for three miles or to put down you know, the cigarettes and say, I wanna find a different way to de-stress, whatever it is. Whatever decision there is that needs to be made, we have the access in our hands of Holy Spirit power to make those decisions. We're gonna get ready to close in just a minute if you wanna come up, Bob. And uh, so the, then just one last text to wrap it up. It says in, in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter five that there is a great connection between mind, body, and spirit. In other words... There's not 
a disconnection between your relationship with God and your relationship with exercise. (laughs) They're very much connected together. There's not a disconnect from what you think to the way that you exercise. Your thinking has been proved to be improved by exercise. Your spiritual disciplines will mirror your physical disciplines. And if you're out of shape physically, chances are maybe you're out of shape spiritually because we are woven together, mind, body, and spirit by God. So the choices that we're making in our health are gonna affect the way that we think about the, our product and the, of our thinking. And there's, there's, they're going to also affect our spiritual health. And in the same way, the choices we are making for our spiritual health are gonna impact our physical health. It's really one story. That's what the author writes at the end of 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23. It says, may the God of peace himself sanctify you. That is to make you everything that God has made you and intended you to be. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and your soul and your body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we're doing that, all of that under grace. We're doing it all under grace. So nobody has to walk out today feeling like you're under the law. Oh, great, man. I'm so glad I went to this new series this morning because now I feel like I've got all this pressure. No, it's not about that. It's really about living in grace is what it's about. It's living in grace because the scripture says, whatever you eat or whatever you drink, do it all for the glory of God. Do it for him. So if, if, if you, okay, let's put it this way. If you cannot exercise to the glory of God, then go for it. (laughs) If you can keep eating a fried chicken lunch four times a week, you know, to the glory of God, have at it. (laughs) Right? If you can do everything in the world to undermine your sleep quality for the glory of God, then do it. But if you can't do it for the glory of God, let grace lead you. Let grace lead you. And that's the power of the gospel to step into a new year and say, I just want to make choices that extend my influence for Christ on this earth so that when I stand before him, I won't have to say I got here way too early because of the choices that I made. I cut short my opportunity to be available to you. And whenever we make those connections, no matter what it is, we are on the grace road to not wasting our health and in turn, not wasting our life. It's all about grace. Probably the most important component of, of all today is that you have an idea. Holy Spirit, maybe we've been talking to you. It's been going around in your mind, your heart, your spirit this morning of what you want to recalibrate right now. Maybe you've already kind of gotten into the season of praying and fasting. I know some of you have. And so I I just want to give you some time to begin to write down, even before we leave this room this morning, what God has been pressing on your heart. And just for a couple of minutes with nobody talking, you can write it, you know, you with a pen or a pencil, you can type it in the notes on your phone or your, your tablet or, but, but something, I, I have no doubt, something like a laser probably dropped right into your world, probably more specific than anything I've, I've even said today. And I'd love for you to just write it down. If, if, you, if you have your phone in front of you, put it there. Wherever it will be best kept for you. I know for me, when I'm making 
course changes, directional changes in my life, I put it in my to-do app because I want to be reminded. So wherever it works for you, so it's hard for you to forget where you put it in front of you, where Holy Spirit is speaking to you, it reminds you to do the things that you want to get done in your life. The reason for doing this is not some big thing like I need to be healthier. I, I doubt that's what Holy Spirit said to you today. I imagine, to, I imagine it to be way more specific than that. And I'd love for you to just write it down because even writing six words down, it helps us focus. And then later today, here's, here's what I want you to do. Later today, I'm going to give you some quiet time and I'll t- quit talking in just a second. But later today, I'm, I'm going to encourage you to think about texting what you just wrote down to somebody or calling somebody and say, at the end of church this morning, this is what God was talking to me about. And I'm already at a loss if I don't say this to somebody. So I'm not asking you to sign up for anything. I'm just asking you to, for, to, to be my friend, to be in relationship with me uh, today. I just need you to know that this is what God is stirring in my heart and I don't want to waste my health. And as for me, this is what it means. So maybe um, you, you want or need to think about it for a minute. I'm just going to give you just, a, just a, some time here to, to write. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would speak to us right now. Move us. Can I just encourage you, um, you know, this is the kind of incremental steps that we're talking about this morning. Some of you are thinking, well, what good is it going to do for me to write it down? It'll do more good than not writing it down. What, what, what good will it be to text it to somebody? A lot more good than it will be to not text it to somebody, <laughs> right? And so this, it's, it's the incremental steps that recalibrate our path. It's the one degree. And then lastly, while we're thinking that through, still the most important step today for someone here, not wasting your life is giving your life to Jesus to realize that you're created by God and you're not on earth entitled to anything because your life is a very gift from God. So you have no entitlement. None of us do, but we're all beneficiaries of this thing called life. And so the problem is that with our lives, we turn away from him. And when we do spiritually, we die. And the only way to fix our spiritual health is to be born again in the grace and the forgiveness of God through Jesus. And so just as we wrap up this, this time this morning, uh, first of all, um, let's just pray over those things that, that we wrote down. Father God, I just want to ask you uh, this morning to help us to be intentional with our lives. You've given us this gift um, of life, God, to John 10, 10, to uh, better than we can think of or imagine, a life that is abundant. I want to walk in that. I want to walk in the life that you have for me. And so help me to make intentional decisions about my health, my mental health, my physical health. 
my, the body that you've given to me. Lord, I wanna use my body for your glory. I wanna be the best father that I can be um, to my kids. I wanna be the best husband to my wife. I wanna be the best pastor, Lord, where you've called me to be. Lord, where, wherever you've called those in the congregation to be and to, to, to be in the marketplace or in the world and, uh, or in ministry, God, they wanna be the best that you've crafted and created and dreamed for them to be. Lord, we wanna step into your purpose and your plans. So help us, Lord, to make the connection of our health for your glory, God, because that spurs me to action. That makes me want to change things. And Lord, so uh, I don't, we don't want to do this uh, only for, for our personal kind of selfish reasons, but we want to do it because we want to give you glory. We want to do it for your kingdom, your purposes. And we want to say, use me to the best of my ability for the, as many years as you can have me on this planet. God, we thank you for that. We give it all to you. If you're here this morning um, and you want to reconnect or resurrender your life to Jesus or maybe say yes to Jesus for the first time, I want to give you that opportunity. Um, I know that you know, even, even for myself, there's, there's many times where I just need to kind of make a, a reconnect or a, a recommitment. Um, sometimes it feels like every morning, Lord, I lay my life down again. So at, at the beginning of a year, it's, it's what an awesome opportunity to just say, hey, this year is yours, God, everything, starting with my health this morning. And so if that's you and you just want to say yes uh, to Jesus, first time or, or re-surrender with nobody looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed. Would you just raise your hand this morning? I want to agree and pray with you this morning. All right, let's pray this together. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray this together. Father God, I give you my life, all that I am, not just a part, everything. I lean my life in your direction. I lean my ears to hear from you. Lord, speak to me, guide me, lead me. Thank you for coming and being my rescue. Thank you for the cross and all that you've done for me. I give my all to you. In your mighty name I pray, amen.